Hello, my darling spirits, demons, and cryptids. Are you interested in alternate dimensions? Perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. I have something from the past that you may be interested in. Something from a different time, a different person, a different reality. Hopefully you will enjoy the story as much as I do. Before we begin our tale, allow me a moment to tell you how you can cheat the game of time and experience each story a week in advance, as well as other expected stories that will be sent through the ether for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon. You will also be supporting future projects, such as a YouTube channel in which you may prod at my innermost thoughts and decipher how the machinations of a mad person sees the world and the media we consume, as well as things a little more lighthearted. There will also be another podcast in the future, a sort of love letter to old radio tales in the form of a murder mystery called The Tarot Killer. This project will be a long while yet, but will arrive sooner the more people that support Patreon. Higher tiers also give bonuses to this pending podcast, such as characters named by you and even possibly a cameo, as well as free merchandise, as well as its made, and free art drawn by yours truly. If monthly subscriptions aren't your cup of tea, but you still wish to support these tales, continue to listen, share with other beings that surround you, and consider buying the books in which these tales have found their home. All these are in the description here and with each episode. Hello, this is Stories with Bev. My name is Bev, and I'm going to tell you a story. So in this third episode, I'm going to continue reading stories from the book that I wrote called They Watch and Other Stories. This third story is actually the one that the book is titled after. The story is called They Watch. You will be lucky if you never see them. You walk in your room, shower, drive your car to wherever you need to be, and all the while you are never alone. This may be comforting for some, and I had once read that they are meant to be your eyes when you cannot see. They are creatures that look when you have no ability to look. They lurk and they watch. You are never alone. In the beginning, I was certain that I was just acting crazy. I suddenly became obsessed with what my brother called the eyes of the shadow. It may have something to do with his death afterward. It happened so bizarrely that I couldn't imagine it being coincidence. My brother was driving to work when a semi swerved into him and forced him off the road, his car ramming into a pole and instantly killing him. The semi-driver mentioned having seen, for a split second, eyes staring at him from his passenger seat. He later admitted it was his shadow that spooked him. I started looking onto other incidents like these. It was hard at first to find, but after a time, the similar occurrences would almost jump out at me. There were many people who were tragically killed due to being spooked by their shadow, and each one mentioned having sworn eyes were staring at them, but there were never any eyes when they turned around. Sometimes I feel the eyes staring at me as well, but I dare not turn to look. I know too well what happens after I have seen them. I will end up like my brother. With the recollection of my brother, and the secluded tales I have researched, as well as my own theories, I will try to explain these eyes that reside in shadows as best as I can. They have been there the entire time, in moments when a person is alone. They are careful to not be seen, and they only open their eyes when no one is looking. They always stare at you. Their eyes never leave your person, constantly staring and unblinking. 
My brother, when he had seen them, mentioned that the eyes he saw seemed crudely drawn and moved like an uneven pencil animation. The eyes had no color or expression, just wide-eyed, staring. The eyes were disproportioned, with cartoonish lashes. The irises had no color, just white. But the whites were much more real than the drawn outline. He saw them only briefly, but they made eye contact. They blackened and closed without a sound. He was in the shower when he saw them. It may have been lack of oxygen, since my brother loves taking long, hot showers. He called me shortly after and told me he felt scared for his life. He kept staring at his shadow, but the eyes never returned. I told him not to worry. There was no way for me to know that he was correct in thinking he was no longer safe. My brother drove to work in the usual route when suddenly a semi coming the opposite way swerved right towards him. In a panic, he turned his wheel right and hit a telephone pole head on. There was a woman that fell through a window. She was at a friend's party and had climbed a ladder to put up streamers. Someone cried out and knocked the ladder and it toppled over through the two-story window onto a chain-link fence. The person that knocked over the ladder, when asked to make a statement, said she thought she saw something on the floor and it startled her. It was something in her shadow, but she didn't get a good look. Another instance I can recall is the story of the woodsman. A well-known psychiatrist about 30 years back was working on a study about the connections people make mentally between themselves and their shadows. Though it's understood that a shadow is only blocked sunlight by a solid thing, there are those who still make a mental separation between themselves and this absence of light. As he continued his research, he wrote in his memoirs about having noticed something distressing in his own shadow. Looming on the wall, his desk lamp being the only source of light, he noticed two huge bulging eyes staring right down at him from over his shoulder. He didn't make eye contact with it, but knew it had been there. He was now wary of the matter and tried to convince himself it was a sort of hallucination from too much work and decided to take a small weekend vacation in the woods. A weekend turned into a week, which became weeks, and a search party went to look for him. His wife bought posters and flyers and media feed to find her missing husband, but it was almost a year until he was found. Snow was melting and it was spring, and a couple women were out hunting. On the side of a bank, they noticed a tattered piece of paper. One woman found more pieces and collected them. The other woman found the journal and the man holding the journal. He wasn't quite thought out from the winter. The journal started as a diary, mentioning again the eyes of the shadow. Then the words became infrequent, and instead the rest of the pages were filled with blotchy images of his shadow with various eyes. Some images had more than two eyes. In the last few pages, the eyes filled the shadow and lastly the entire paper. His body was found in a place that had been searched before. His autopsy proved it was starvation that finished his life, four months after his disappearance. His car was waiting full and working at the cabin where he supposedly spent his weekend. Some investigators offer that he may have purposefully been hiding from the search parties. From the journal entries, they suppose it was paranoia. This phenomenon of individuals noticing these eyes and then perishing through various means led me to my own investigation. I felt I owed it to my brother, who was by no means the sort to lie to anyone. What manner of demon had overtaken him? What sort of spirit would want to steal his shadow as its own? What is the purpose? These are the questions I wanted to answer going into my research. My brother knew I would not think he was crazy, 
and I do not. I believe there is something else going on with these shadows. <laughs>